Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center Sermon Audio. Join us this Memorial Day in 2014 as we're in the book of John chapter 8, talking about freedom in Christ. So in, in the book of John here, John has been talking to the religious leaders, he's talking to the Jews. Right before this time, in the same setting, remember Jesus went into the temple, and he was there and he was teaching, and they came up and they brought the woman caught in adultery. Okay, so this is the setting. And he began to, he writes in the sand, and all the, the accusers of the woman go away because they realize they have sinned. There's nothing they can condemn Jesus about it. So in the same setting, Jesus, after that, he talks to the woman. He says, well, I don't condemn you. That's what we talked about last week. Um, get the, you go online. There were still a lot of people who would hold out the placards on the street. You're going to hell. You're going to burn in hell. And, and so there was, a lot of, you know, there was a lot of that going along. In evangelism, there a lot of people began to say, you know, that's probably not the best approach to sharing the love of Jesus with someone. And so we've really softened up the evangelistic approach quite a bit. And it's been very helpful, but sometimes we might have even softened it up too much. But here, Jesus, he must not have taken that soft evangelism course. Because he goes right for it, and he says, I'm going away, you're going to seek me, and you're going to die in your sin. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> and, they, and they start having this discourse, and, and it's, kind of, it's a little confusing for us as we read it, probably. Kind of, well, what was he talking about? Um, and they're going back and forth. And then he says in verse 23, he says, you are from beneath. I, again, I'm like, Jesus is awesome. I mean, he just tells it right the way it is. He's not, he doesn't care about hurting anyone's feelings. He's just telling the truth. He says, you're from beneath, I'm from above. He's also being, if he wasn't God, he'd be being arrogant. Listen, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He says, well, who are you? He says, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which are heard from him. So that's a, that little section here is, is great, because he says, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got things to tell you, and I'm going to make some judgments, but listen, what I'm telling you is true. We all hear that. We all say that. Hey, I'm going to tell you a story. And then we go on, and Jesus is saying, I'm going to tell you some things. I've already told you some things, but you need to know that this is true. And so they're listening, and, and it's, it's a, this dialogue going back and forth. And he says, when you, lift, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. In his whole section, and you've got to go back before this and think about all the things that Jesus has done. He is really being extremely bold. He is telling the people things they don't want to hear. He's contradicting the ways they believe because they believe certain things about Judaism. He's connecting himself in a very personal way with God the Father. He's coming against them saying, you are from beneath, I'm from above, you're going to die in your sins. So this conversation is not a light and fluffy conversation that he's having. He's challenging them, he's, he's meddling with everything they believe. And it says in verse 30, as he spoke these words, 
many believed in him. We, we skip right by that. Many believed in him because he told them they're going to die in their sins. We, we, we don't want to preach those messages. We don't want to hear those messages. We want people, when we come to church, we want to, many of us, we want to be, you know, just tell me something good. Just encourage me. And Jesus is going right for it. But he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. And something comes upon them, and many of them believe in him. Then he begins to speak to those that believe. Right now, he's talking in general to everyone, the Jewish leaders, all the Jews, and he's just talking and he's telling the truth, proclaiming him. And then right, look at verse 31. It says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. So now he's going to focus in. Okay, some of you are now saying you're the Messiah. You've got something I need to hear. They're just at the beginning of their walk. They don't know anything, but they're being convinced now that Jesus is the way. But they don't have, a, they don't have any depth in their Christianity. Christianity doesn't exist yet, but they're believing in Jesus. And then he goes and he talks about the verse that so many of us know so well. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Two powerful scriptures given to those that are just first, first believing. They're at this point, okay, I think this is the way. This, there's some of you in here today that this is, this is you. You're like, you know, I, 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 this is it. I don't know much, but I believe that, that Christianity is true. I believe that Jesus really was And Jesus this morning is speaking to you and he's also speaking to those who've called on him and who've walked with him for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. He's speaking to all of us. All of us hear this message. It says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So what does that mean? Well, now we read this. When when I've read this in the past and we, we skip right over it, we tend to forget, many of us, that that the Bible wasn't written yet. I I do. Maybe maybe you don't. When I read the Bible sometimes, when I hear the word, if you abide in my word, I go, oh, he's talking about the Bible. No, he's not. Not yet. He's talking about his words. He's talking about his teaching. He's talking about his doctrine, which then becomes the Bible. So, I mean, it's, it's not that this isn't wrong. It's not that this isn't true. But he's talking about the teachings that he's giving them, everything he's saying to them, which is hard. He says, you need to abide in this. Abide in the teaching that I'm giving you. Well, then we can go back and say, well, there is a lot of teaching he's already, already done. But one of the things he keeps saying is, I am the way. You're from below, I'm from above. And if you don't get this, you're going to die in your sin. Abide in this. Abide in my word. You know, whatever Jesus says is true. And we need to abide in it. We need to remain in it. We need to be constant in our lives that the word of God, that Jesus, what he says about himself, what he says about our condition is absolutely true true and we need to stay constant in the word of god and that's really difficult in a day and age that moralism is moral morality is relative 
We can do whatever you want. We're coming up with new ideas of what is acceptable and what's not because we feel that maybe that's just a little harsh. And Jesus, from the very beginning, the very first believers in him, he says, you have to abide in my word. Church, we are being challenged every moment at this point. I believe we're being challenged every day to whether or not the word of God is true. We're being challenged of whether or not we're going to stay faithful. And it's coming in our nation. And other nations have their own issues they deal with. But in our nation, it's coming in, in, in secret ways. And it's just coming in slowly. And it's challenging the very fabric of our belief system. We feel that we're being persecuted over things that really aren't persecution. You know, sometimes we feel like we're persecuted because my internet's running so slow today. <laughs> and then we go and cast out the demon of slow internet. <laughs> Let's pray for our phones. And, you know, I'm being a little silly, but, it, you know, have you ever, you ever think about it? It's like, oh, my goodness, why am I freaking out about this? But we feel persecuted. If you're following the news, and it's, it's in there. I don't know how, how uh, what a big story this is, because I get my news from sources that, that aren't the mainstream media. Does anyone know about Miriam Ibrahim? She's a Sudanese Christian who's married to an American. She's 27 years old. She was arrested three months ago. She's pregnant. She has an 18-month-old, I believe an 18-month-old boy. The child is in jail with her. She's in jail in Sudan. She was born to Muslims but raised as a Christian. The accusation is that she was a Muslim and that she is converted to Christianity, which is illegal. The punishment for her crime, well, there's multiple crimes. Because she's a Muslim, by law, she cannot marry anybody but a Muslim. But she's a Christian and says that she was raised as a Christian, so she didn't break that law. So you can be a Christian in some of these countries. You just can't convert so if you're a Christian, they persecute you in other ways. But, but because they say, well, no, you were born a Muslim, and so now that you're a Christian, you've converted. You're trying to convert, but you can't convert. That's illegal. So your marriage to this Christian man is also not recognized, not in Sharia law. So on top of everything, she's an adulteress. So she's in jail right now. She has been, uh, she's already been, uh, the, the judgment has been cast down. She'll give birth in jail. She'll be able to nurse her child for two years, in which case the child will be taken and given to Muslim parents, and the Christian father cannot have his own children. And after she nurses her child for two years, they're hanging her. Gosh darn it, my phone's slow today. God help us. That's persecution. And all she has to do is say, I'm not a Christian. And she gets out of jail. That's all she has to do. 
Very, very simple. I'm not a Christian. I'm a Muslim. And they'll let her go. Her children can go. But she's not. Why? She read the Bible probably. And she knows that in John chapter 8 verse 31 it says, If you abide in my word, in my teaching, in my doctrine, in my theology, in the things that I say that I'm trying to help you understand, if you remain in that consistent, then you're my disciple. She's not going to be moved. And we need to pray for her. We need to pray for her that she won't be moved, that she won't fall into the temptation. And you might even be like, there's a part of me that just, just lie. Say you're not a Christian anymore. Don't mean it, of course, but just say it so that you can get out of jail. There's a small part of me that would go there. I'm being honest because it just seems so wrong and I think God would understand it. No, no, because this is not what there is in life. There is so much more than this and she understands that. This is not her home. Heaven is her home. She really gets it. Otherwise, she'd be out already. She could be home. She says, no, it's about the kingdom. It's about staying faithful. It's about abiding in Christ. So pray for her strength. And she's not the only one. There's people around the world that things like this happen to every day. Every, every month we have a magazine in the back. It's called Voice of the Martyrs. We get them, and, and I just put them out there. If you ever want to take one home, if you want to be changed, take, take one home. They're very small, but they have stories of what's happening to the persecuted church, and they're free. You can take them. If you take them, bring them back. Let other people read them. This is happening throughout the world, and people are having to stand firm, and they are making the choice to abide in his teaching, in his doctrine. They're understanding that God's ways are higher than our ways. That his teachings supersede everything that we think. And we're living in a, in a technological world. We're living in a philosophical world. We're being challenged all the time about, is the Bible true? And is there wiggle room here? And what about this? And we need to come back and read the word and stand in what Jesus says. And not be afraid of having the answers that hurt people's feelings. So many times when we give an answer, I believe we're, we want to give an easy answer for someone. Well, what about this? What about this sin? Is, is this sin okay? So we think and we, we try to give an, an easy answer. But sometimes the easy answer, though it might be a truism allows people to stay in their sin and God wouldn't tell them, Jesus wouldn't say that. He would say, well, if you, do you really want to know the truth? If you want to know the truth, I'll tell you the truth. I love the movie A Few Good Men. Some amazing things in that movie and, and the, it, it, it'll meddle with you because you find yourself going, well, 
yeah for Jack Nicholson and well no and yes for Tom no and and you and we wrestle with that that movie and there's that scene in the courtroom where Tom Cruise is really pushing Jack Nicholson who's the general in there he's in Cuba and he's trying to 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 find out what really happened whether this private was was killed or not in in, in a wrongful wrongful death and and Jack Nicholson's finally beginning to lose a little bit. He says, do you want the truth? And Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. Remember this scene? And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. There's so much of that that's true for us. When we're talking with people about eternal matters, their very souls, whether they're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell, there's that thing, do you want the truth? I want the truth. You know, I don't know if you can handle the truth, but we need to be willing to give it. And it's not always an easy, fluffy answer. It doesn't mean we're going out and condemning people. See, it's not about us, our opinion. It's about what the Word says. So Jesus did a great job of that. He tells the truth, and they believe in Him. They actually believe in Him, even though it's tough. And then He says, okay, now listen. You believe now, but you got to stay here. Now that you believe, you don't get to make up your own rules. You have to abide in my teaching, in what I say. There's a lot of people in the Christian church who've come to be believers in Jesus. And they go, you know, I really think this is it. But then they begin to make up their own rules. They go, well, I'm going to do it this way. You know, I... I I don't think that's really what he was talking about. I think this is better for me. If you abide, you're his disciple. He doesn't tell us what what happens if you don't, but it's not a good place to be. Now listen, this is a heavy word, but he doesn't stop there. He goes on and he gives us hope. He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, that's, that's, that's a good answer because right now I'm feeling a little bit like, wow, this is kind of hard. He says, but, but if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Now, if I were to say, who wants to be free in here? I think all of us would say, I, I think I want to be free. Freedom sounds really good. Unfortunately, we don't understand what freedom is. So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. What is real freedom? We don't have a grasp. We come to Memorial Day and we we thank God that we're free in this country and we think we have freedom. Well, there's so many misunderstandings about freedom and what real freedom is. Some people believe there there really is no freedom. I got a few quotes here. No man in this world attains to freedom from any slavery except by entrance into some higher servitude. So you go from one place of being in servitude to another. It just looks a little different. Thomas Huxley, he said, he says, a man's worst difficulties begin when he is able to do as he likes. That's freedom, right? You can do whatever you want to do. Is that what Jesus set us free for? What is freedom? 
You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This word truth, it's even debatable of what Jesus meant. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so often we say, well, he's really talking about just, just knowing me. If you know Jesus, if you know the truth, truth will make you free. In, in the Greek, it's, it's important to know. It's real simple. It's just like in the English here. It says, you shall know the truth. The word the there is a the. Okay, go back to English grammar. Remember articles? Article A is an article and the is an article, but there's a special word for the. It's not just an article. You know, look over someone who's just getting out of school. Remember the is a definite article, right? Remember that? Yeah. Thus, a definite article. That means it's specific. If I, if I hold out a plate of cookies and I say, take a cookie, you'll reach onto the plate and take one. Well, some of you will take five. But take a cookie. But if I say, take the cookie, you, you can't do anything if you're going to really be obedient until you say, which one? Right? I said, take the cookie. Well, I see 12. I don't know which one you're talking about. You shall know a truth, and, the tru- and a truth will set you free. No. But that's what the world says. Know a truth. Find a truth. Whatever truth looks good on you, that's a good truth. Does, the truth. does that truth work for you? Then you're fine. You have a different truth. Is it working? Great for you. And, and we all say, I know a truth. And that truth is good for me and it's making me free I feel so free I'm not bound up by any laws and restrictions this is a wonderful truth Jesus says you will know the truth it's a specific truth and we need to know that truth that is Jesus truth Jesus is the way the truth and the life and he says abide in my word my teachings my doctrines that is the truth you know in hebrews 11 it says that it is impossible for god to lie and in titus again he says that god will not and cannot lie so the things that jesus says are true and he is true and in order to have life and to be set free and to be made free we need to know the truth. Now, the word know here is important also. Okay? So, if you are talking to somebody and they say, hey, do you know, you know, Michael Jordan? Oh, yeah, everyone knows Michael Jordan. No, no. Do you know Michael Jordan? Oh, you mean like, no. But I know, I know him. Right? You, know the di- you, you hear the difference. You will know the truth. It's the same understanding. There is a personal knowledge. You not just about it. You know it personally. Can we get the, the I'm going to lose half the congregation. Let's get the AC on. You will know 
the truth. You have to have a personal understanding of it. And then you'll be set free. You'll be made free. And that's what we want. Now, many people in the world believe that Christians are not free. So, man, I don't want to be a Christian because they're just bound up by laws and rules and they're not free. I want to just be free. Just do whatever I want to do. Do you really? See, the freedom that Jesus is talking about is a little different. Now, he gives us free choice. We don't have to do anything. When we come to Christ as believers, we can do whatever. We can come to Christ or not come to Christ. Choice is yours. It's called free will. He gave that to us. But he doesn't want us to come to Christ and then get back into the snares of the devil. He doesn't want us to get set free from our issues and then jump right back into it. I got a picture this week, and it was kind of funny. It was a, 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 a supposedly a touching story. Again, thanks, Bob Taylor. And I thought, wow, Bob's sending me something touching today. And, and there was these two guys, and they were rescuing a lamb out of, like, the water. Like, like he fell in the ocean or something. And it looked dangerous, waves crashing. And, and I mean, they're, they're trying to get, and he's all wet, and they're hanging on rocks and rescuing the lamb. I got a couple pictures. These are real pictures, you know. And I thought, oh, that's really neat. Finally, they get the lamb up, and everyone's soaking, and the lamb's sitting there. And then the last picture was two set of lamb chops. And I went, oh, there's Bob. That's, that's not the freedom God wants. Set, set us free so that we can just get eaten by the devil. <laughs> He's not, he doesn't want us to live like He wants to set us free so we're really free. Now, what is that? You know, he wants to set us free from condemnation. He wants to set you free from guilt, from discouragement and depression. You know, freedom in Christ is, is real different. But... When we become, when we get set free in Christ, we really are choosing to become his servant. So it's not our own freedom. See, we can't, we shouldn't just really live our our life however we want. When he sets us free, he's setting us free so that we can make a choice and say, you know, God, I think you know better than me. The Bible says that you have the words of life. The Bible says that I have to abide in your truth. I have to abide in your word. I'll know your truth. So we choose to then, in our freedom, we choose to become a servant to God and willfully say, here's my free will. I'll follow you. Direct me. Tell me what you want. We've been practicing freedom, a lot of us, for a long time, and it doesn't go so well. Making our own choices and doing the things that we want to do. That's when we rest in Isaiah 55, 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Your thoughts, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, freedom really isn't free, maybe. It's that getting set free from sin, 
getting set free from death, and then giving our life over to Christ. And then we can live free. Anyone who looks at Christians and says they're just bound up under all these rules and laws doesn't understand that in Christ I am free. I don't have to obey these laws and rules. I understand that God actually is smarter than me and that by obeying and living in him that I will have life and I'll have it abundantly and that I won't have to live under guilt or condemnation and hiding and secrecy, but I can be free, absolutely free. Because if we continue to live our own way, and be free, the choices that we're making come with consequences. Amen? Look back in our life and say, you know, I did it my way, and it didn't come out so great. And the time has to come, and it will come for everyone when we, make, we should make that decision and say, my way's not the best. I'm going to choose to do it your way. We relinquish that moment of free will and that freedom and say, God, take it. And Jesus, in the next couple of verses, and we're going to be closing in just a minute, I promise. And I'm not lying this time. He goes on, he says, verse 33, and they're talking, he says, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. Jesus says, I, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And you can look at your life and say, you know, that is so true. Sin can get a hold on us, and we think we have freedom. But, I, but I'm not. I'm a slave to this sin. Verse 35 says, A slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides forever. And this is interesting. You've got to listen to this for a second. You go, huh? And so he says, Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus is saying, Listen, when the son of the house sets a slave free, the slave is free. I'm the son. If you've ever sinned, you're a slave to sin. But I'm the son of God, and I can set you free from your slavery to sin. You don't have to live under that addiction any longer. You don't have to live with that compulsion to go back and keep sinning. But God wants to set us free. He wants to make us completely free. Free indeed, and that's what we need. Memorial Day is a, really an amazing and important day, and we honor those who fought to help keep this country free. But above that freedom, the most important freedom, far above that freedom, is the freedom that's found in Christ. The freedom that's freedom from sin. From those things I've mentioned. Guilt. Feeling condemned. Hopelessness. That's what God sets us free from. That's what Jesus wants to set us free from. And we talk, we've talked about it here. And so many of us don't experience it because what we're really trying to do is we're like we're kind of in God and we're kind of in the world and we don't want to really relinquish we don't want to abide in his word we we're just not sure and so then we go man this is just not free there's no freedom here you have to make the choice fully to go to God until the and then the freedom will come 
You can't hold on to both. And he wants to set us free today. Wouldn't this be a great day, Memorial Day, to be, you know, to be able to say, you know, something happened to me on that Memorial Day where we thank God for our freedom. I thank him for another thing too. I thank him for my freedom. When I allowed God to set me free. Because you have the power to let God set you free. So today, do you want to abide in his word? Do you want to be set free? You have to know him, not just about him. You've got to be familiar with Jesus and his word, his teaching. You've got to let that rule your life and say, I'm going to abide. And that just doesn't mean stay reading it all the time. It means live it. Let his words become truth and life to you and abide in his truth and live it and know it and agree with it and say, no, this is my standard. Not how I feel, not how somebody else tells me to feel or to think. This is my standard. And I'm going to stay with my standard. We are not facing much persecution yet. But I think it's possible I mean, I really do think it's possible that this nation could become the same place where the Sudanese woman is being held. And I can't imagine how, what it'll take to get us there, but we're, we're certainly losing a lot of freedoms. What will happen if that happens to us? Are we ready? We'll be ready if we're abiding in his word, living it, saying, no, this is my standard Nothing else. Let's close in prayer. We're not going to... I invite anyone who wants to come forward. You, you can come forward to pray if you want to come openly and just spend some time. The altar is going to be open. But I'm not going to make this a mandatory thing where we're going to raise hands and come forward. But you can do business right where you're at. And we're, we're talking to all of us this morning. Because I think there's areas in our life, each one of us, where we don't allow the word to be what rules and governs us. We allow our feelings, our opinions, or other people's. So wherever you're at this morning, I believe this message is for all of us. Father, In the word in John 8, you said that you were speaking to those that believed in you. And you told us that if we would abide in your word, then that would show and prove and be that we are your disciples. You went on and you told us that if that we shall know the truth and that the truth shall make us free. God, we need to be set free. Some of us in this room need to be set free for the very first time. Truly free. This morning, Lord, we want to give you our our freedom.
God, you created us with free will. And we take this free will and we give it back to you and say, God, I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way. Help me to abide in your word. Help me to know you personally, intimately. And then God, give us the strength and the courage to stay there. No matter what comes our way when persecution arises, help us to stand strong in your word. That we will show that we are your disciples indeed. Strengthen each of us this morning, God, is my prayer. And that we'll walk with you, knowing you, abiding in you. And I would pray right now against any condemnation that anyone's feeling. Even that thought of I've, I've given my life and yet I still struggle with sin, I must be bad. Remove that right now. God, help us just to say, God, let your will be done and you have to do the work in me because I can't do it on my own. I'll just give you my life. Father, we don't deserve it, but we're grateful for it, for your freedom, freedom from sin. We thank you for life, hope, truth. God, that when we go here from here today that we can really celebrate all that you've done for us and all that you desire to do for us. We thank you for our time and God, don't let us forget our, our moments, these times of dedication and commitment and stepping out of our old ways and agreeing with you. Don't let us forget these and but God, help us to live it out and walk in that freedom pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.